Beloved, if you have your Bible with you this morning, let's turn to the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews. The 11th chapter in the book of Hebrews. Today we'll be looking at verses 11 and 12, but of course I'll be reading before and after. We'll have a look at the context. We're going to be reading from verse 1 down to verse 17, I think. Or down to 16. We'll just down to 16. Okay, but we're only going to be looking at verses 11 and 12 today. Hebrews, book of Hebrews, it's in the New Testament. Just people are looking confused there. Okay, beginning at verse 1, reading to verse 16. Now, faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. For by it our ancestors won God's approval. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. So that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was approved as a righteous man because God approved his gifts. Even though he is dead, he still speaks through his faith. By faith Enoch was taken away, and so he did not experience death. He was not to be found because God took him away. For before he was taken away, he was approved as one who pleased God. Now without faith it is impossible to please God, since the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, after he was warned about what was not yet seen and motivated by godly fear, built an ark to deliver his family. By faith, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed and set out for a place That he was going to receive as an inheritance. He went out even though he did not know where he was going. By faith he stayed as a foreigner in the land of promise. Living in tents as did Isaac and Jacob. Co-heirs of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations. Whose architect and builder is God. By faith, even Sarah herself, when she was unable to have children, received power to conceive offspring, even though she was past the age, since she considered the one who had promised was faithful. Therefore, from one man, in fact, as from one as good as dead, came offspring as numerous as the stars of the sky and as innumerable as the grains of sand along the beach. All these died in faith, although they had not received the things that were promised, but they saw them from a distance, greeted them, and confessed that they were foreigners and temporary residents on the earth. Now those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. 
If they were thinking about where they came from, they would have had an opportunity to return. But now they desire a better place, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Amen. Now, again, I don't want to be all redundant, go through all of the reasons why this epistle, this letter, this sermonette was recorded, written down. It's an encouragement. It's encouragement to a a faltering people, a failing church to be faithful. To people who are hesitating. They're contemplating going back. They're contemplating blending in and, and just disappearing. They want an easier life. And now they're, in their hesitation, they're, they're becoming confused. They're becoming disheartened. They're becoming doubtful as to the relevance of Jesus Christ in their relationship with God. Everyone around them is motivating them and pressurizing them. Pressuring them, not pressurizing. Pressuring them. To just keep their mouths shut, just to to conform, just to be like everyone else and fit in. Don't cause waves. You have your belief and we have ours. They're both right and no one's wrong. We can all just get along. But sadly, those Christians were beginning to compromise and they were beginning to keep their mouths closed and they were allowing the Judaizers, those men who said it was by Jesus Christ plus the keeping of the law, the traditions of Israel. That's how a person came to God. That's how a person was reconciled to God. How a person was saved from the wrath of God that is to come. Now we know that that is incorrect. The Apostle Paul goes into a battle, a theological discussion with these people as into the it is by faith and faith alone in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not by 99% Jesus and 1% you. Your effort, your faith, your decision, your action. But they were set free. And so the writer has gone through and he has displayed and demonstrated time and time again the supremacy of Jesus Christ over all these earthly things, over all these human or heavenly things. Jesus Christ is superior, not by a little bit. He's not just like, oh, I can't believe it's just, it's not butter. You know that, have you ever had that? Do we have that in this country? It's, it's, it's margarine and they say, well, it's, I can't believe it's not butter. It's so good. We were like, what? Because we live in a country where we, we eat butter. Well, I do this. My cholesterol shit says I shouldn't. But I do, and I will. Anyway. Jesus Christ, 100%, and him and him alone. And he's going through that. And he gets to this point in his epistle, in his speaking, in his sermonette, where he, the question then is asked, what is faith? The Bible says that the righteous one shall live by faith. But if that is true, then what does faith look like? Is faith the keeping of the law? My keeping of the law is my faith. And regardless of how I think and feel inside, 
regardless of my true intentions. But if I just keep to the letter of the law, cross all my T's, dot all my I's, put all my commas and semicolons where they're supposed to be, I wouldn't have a clue. But you know, I can get into heaven. And the answer, of course, is no. So in, in chapter 11, here in this great epistle, he begins to demonstrate to his readers, listeners, to the church down throughout all the age, to us today, what true and real faith in Christ looks like. And he demonstrates the evidence here showing that the way of faith has been the way of salvation from the very beginning. And he begins with Abel. The first martyr of the church. Church. He was a, a Jew. Well, not even, he was a proto-Jew. He wasn't even a Jew. But the first martyr. Give us life for the faith. And so we, we've seen the, uh, the character of faith. How faith presents itself. And again, I like this because normally it's all men. It's all like... You know, Abel, Enoch, Moses, all these other blokes are just... And then we have this wonderful example of, of Sarah. Now, if you know the, the, the story of Sarah, Sarah wasn't necessarily the person that you would point to in the Bible as the person having the most faith. It seems that she had difficulty. If you know the stories from I think 16, 17, 18 in Genesis, first Moses' book, and... When she kind of gives up, she gets to a certain age and she's, she's not had children. I think she was about 65 when Abraham received the promise, or 75 perhaps. 75 or 65 when she received, I think she said 65 or 75 when she received the promise, when they received the promise. And already, naturally, she's beyond the age of childbirth. And she's like, or, or conceiving a child. And she gets frustrated and impatient. And she actually says to her husband, there's my maidservant, Hagar. Go and sleep with her. And maybe, you know, we can fulfill the promises of God through her. If it's not happening to me, and I will raise the child as mine. I'll adopt them. And so... And she tries to fulfill the promise of God by earthly means. And that results in a, a catastrophe for the children of Israel. Ishmael is born to Hagar. 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 Ishmael being the father of the modern day Arab people. They, they recognize him as their father as the Jews recognize that Abraham or Jacob is theirs. And so there is this animosity, even still today, between the descendants of Ishmael and the descendants of Jacob. So again, you, you look at Sarah, you wouldn't necessarily think, of, here's a woman of mighty faith. When the Lord appears to Abraham, and he's having a conversation with him, the angel of the Lord appears, and he says, I'll come back this, this way next year, and she will be... She'll have a child. She'll be pregnant or have the child. And Sarah's behind the veil of the tent. She's inside the tent. She's listening because she's a good woman. You know. Eve's dropping on the conversation. And she's hidden behind the veil of the tent. And she laughs, whether audibly or inwardly. She laughs. She scoffs. 
not a happy laugh. It's not like, oh, I'm going to have a baby next year. Fantastic. Because she's like 90 years old by this time. She's so old that she's physically impossible, more or less, physically impossible to actually have babies anymore. She's an old lady. And the angel of the Lord says, I'll come back then, she'll be pregnant. And she laughs in herself. And the angel says, why don't you laugh? Why did, why did Sarah laugh? I didn't laugh. I didn't laugh. I didn't. How did he know? How did he know? But she scoffs in her heart. In that, how am I, an old lady about to give birth? How can that be possible? How is it? And my husband is like 99 years old. He's really old. How is that going to happen? And yet, by the power of God, we see that it did happen. History demonstrates. You see, it's not the size of your faith that counts. It's the presence of faith. Jesus himself said that if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, and we all know this, don't we? Mustard seeds being the smallest of all the seeds in the garden. It's like a, 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 a grain of salt. And it grows up to become the largest of all the flowering herbs in the garden. You get a mustard tree from a mustard seed. We would call it a big bush in Ireland. We wouldn't identify it as a tree. We would say it's a really big shrub. But they would call it a tree. Small tree, but it's a big tree. Much fruit from it. All these little pods. The black mustard. A seed tree. This woman, the Bible says, had faith, even though that she was unable to have some. And faith in itself is powerful. Even though it, it, it may be just a tiny grain, tiny, insignificant, you might look at it in your own faith and say, who am I? What have I? You might be like Sarah, who, when she examined herself in the light of the ordinary, the everyday, the natural. She thought it's impossible. It's impossible for me. It's impossible for me in my natural being to give birth or to conceive. Or even my husband to conceive. But her faith wasn't in her own ability or in her own self. Her faith looked to God and she said, well, God is able to do these things. Though I in my flesh am not able. Though my husband in his flesh may not be able. God has the power. God has the ability to do the unnatural in the natural. And that was where her hope lay. Think of how long it took for her prayer to be answered. For the promise to be fulfilled. The promise was delivered 25 years before it was the, 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 the answered. And she was an old lady when it was given. She's an older lady when it's given or received. Think of the, the day and the daily. Think of the the, 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 the battle to believe that she must have gone through. We know because I mean, she has her dips, Haga, and uh, all these other things. You know, the, the, the laughter. Isaac, we all know the name Isaac means laughter. 
I was like, does it mean laughter as in bringing, to bring joy? Or does it mean laughter as in I laughed when God promised? You know, that the kind of scoffed means rejoicing, happy sound. Like when you hear children laugh, that's the sound it is. Bubbling, joyful, rejoicing emotion. This lady received power to conceive. Faith is a powerful thing. Faith brings real life consequences. It's not just a theological concept. It's not just wishful thinking. To have faith isn't simply just to be wishful thinking. Like again, you know, superstition. You hold your thumb. You cross your fingers. You stand on one leg. You throw salt over your shoulder. Whatever those superstitions would be. Faith Actual living faith in God produces results. It is a powerful force in this world. It brings about real world consequences. It's just not a a breeze in the wind, you know. It's not just a concept. It's not. You've heard me say this before, and I know I bang the same drum all the time. There's the old Irish saying from the 1800s. I think it's Irish. I only know it from Irish people. Irish people are the only people who say things like this. You know, that your faith in God is not pie in the sky when you die. Rather, it's steak on your plate while you wait. We like the rhyme things. It helps remember them. Because we talk in diddly 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 days. Our faith brings about real world consequences. Now, they may not come immediately. It, it may, the answer to your prayer might not happen there and then. You receive a promise from God. I myself was called to the ministry when I was 16, 17 years old. The Lord called me. I knew the Lord called me. I, he, he seized upon my heart. I knew I was going to be a pastor. I knew God had called me to care for his people, to preach his word, to be an evangelist. And I, in my foolishness, in my youth, in my enthusiasm, I'm an enthusiastic guy for the most part, um, I tried to make it happen. And I sad to say that I think I made lots of, lots of issues on the way as I... Try to, to fulfill God's promise. And it wasn't until in my late 30s that the Lord actually opened up the door and allowed me. That he fulfilled the promise. That he caused it to happen. So it's not always the case of when you receive a promise, when you receive something from the Lord, when the Lord grants you some insight, some something, some glorious promise from his word is awakened in your being and you see it and you grasp and you say, Lord, answer my prayer. The Lord says in your heart, I'll answer that prayer. But it's not always there and then that you get the answer to your prayer. Sarah, this lady, she had to wait 25 years in the face of impossibility 
there is this lovely lady in the Tampari congregation. What's her name? The little old lady who sits at the front. Lovely lady. Lovely. Genuinely. Travels up every, every week from, from Helsinki. Lovely lady. That's what we're talking about when we talk about Sarah. We're talking about this lovely elderly lady. Lady of faith. Now I think that lady being pregnant. Lovely elderly lady. Think of her being pregnant with a baby. And you're all of us in our minds to scoff and laugh and say that could never happen. Yet that's the reality of what happened in Sarah's experience. And it was God had promised it to her man through her. It was the greatest wish and desire of her being to have babies. To that her husband's family line should continue through her. It was seen in their context as a great disgrace, an embarrassment for a woman not to have children. It was actually thought of as a curse, that God cursed you with a barrenness, that you were somehow in some way that you had sinned or your parents had sinned, that that your line was such a degenerate, wicked family that God had cut you off and that your name would be rubbed out, that your genetic line would be removed from all of history. And in the face of this disgrace, in the face of all of this embarrassment, she continues to believe. There is true and real power in faith. Faith brings real world consequences into being. And her faith wasn't great, people. Don't think that this is a woman who triumphantly went round. We all know some women who are powerful women. You know, that they get stuff done. You couldn't beat them with a big stick. They're just awesome. Sarah's not one of those women. She's just a woman. And, you know, and when the angel of the Lord, imagine an angel. Imagine a fear. I don't know what they look like, but... Abraham recognized them way off. These are the same angels who go to Sodom and Gomorrah. And the, the people of the Sodom and Gomorrah, or Sodom or whoever it was, they look upon them and they know that there's something special and they want to, to rape them. These angels leave the city and the fire falls and Sodom and Gomorrah is destroyed. Imagine an angel telling you you're going to be pregnant next year and you laugh at him. <laughs> you're full. You don't know what you're talking about. I've been waiting for years. That's not going to happen. I believe he can, but you know, I'm past my prime. Maybe, maybe when I was 60 or 50 or 40, God forgive us. But you know, there is power in faith. And the one who believes is given that power. You and I receive the, the right to receive from God. A faithful life is a powerful life. A life that influences and affects the world around them. Despite the apparent impossibility. Of the circumstances and the situation that you're in. I can attest to this. I've seen this in my own life. In my own situations where things happen. And you think to yourself, well this is the end. 
This is the end. There's no future. There's nothing going beyond this point. It's all over. And then God comes in. Quietly. Not with a thunderbolt. Not Shazam. Have you ever seen that Marvel film Shazam? Oh, sorry, DC film. I'm so old. I don't know. DC film. Thank you, son. DC film Shazam where the little boy gets this magic power and he says, say my name. And he says, Shazam. And he gets turned into this super being. You know? With a cape and a big Z on his... Whatever it is on his... In our flesh, we would like God to be like that in our situation. You know, you say his name and Shazam! He comes into being and there's some powerful, magnet, magnificent being there to come rescue us and deliver us. Our God is not that way. Our God is humble and understated. Our God is, doesn't come with the, the, the great fire or the earthquake or the storm. He comes in the whisper of the wind. He comes in such a way as to bring glory to his own name. Not the people around him. Not that, that someone else can take credit for his work. He moves in such a way as that it can be seen that only him and him alone has interfered and interjected into your circumstances. He has delivered you. Brought whatever reconciliation, restoration, hope and future to your situation. A life lived in faith. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Not just wishful thinking or hopeful. Not just positivity. I am positive that I will have a good life. It's not that. Because this woman wasn't. We see her. We see her in the reality of her. In the frailty of her. In the humanity of her. Her faith was the faith of the size of a mustard seed. And yet despite her frailty, despite her age, despite the impossibility of her situation, God was able to make a way where there was no way. Beloved, you and I are Sarah. Isn't that awesome? You and I are frail and weak and beyond our prime. Some of us more beyond our prime than others. But yet God is powerfully active in our lives, despite what we think, despite what we feel, despite what we perceive, despite what the world looks. Could you imagine all the people in Sarah's household, her slaves, her servants, whoever else, and then also her neighbors, and they're all like, there's that silly old woman again. She thinks she's going to get pregnant. She's a man. You can see, see her buying, the, the angel says, so she goes out and buys a pram, you know? And she goes. She just starts visiting the doctors for the the I don't know what doctor looks after women with babies. I don't know. That you know, she starts booking these these appointments to go and have her stuff checked out. You know, the ultrasound, and, and the doctor's like, "No, come on, you're like ninety years old. It's a bit, you know, it's not gonna happen." And the whole world is full of unbelief. The whole world looks upon and laughs and scoffs and says, "Sarah, you're crazy." That happens to you and I as Christians, doesn't it? Obviously that we don't go to the doctor, especially, but I, I may look pregnant, but I'm not. We, we live in this world and the world looks upon us and laughs and scoffs and says, those crazy Christians, those crazy Christians, they believe in madness. They believe that their God is going to come back and rescue them from this fallen world. They're mad. And yet we continue on. They're mad. They believe that their God can actually 
influence and affect the world in which they live. They're mad. They're crazy. There, there is no relationship to reality. And yet our faith is powerful to affect change in this world. We see the influence. It says here that she received power to conceive offspring even though she was past the age since considering the one who had promised was faithful. God was able to do what God said he would do. And therefore from one man, Abraham, in fact from one as good as dead. Now again, Abraham was 99 years old. It wasn't just the fact that, that the lady was beyond the age. The man was well beyond the age as well. I'm 40 years old. I'm, I'm well beyond my prime. Or at least I feel like it. This is a man double my age. Crazy. And yet from that man, the Bible says in verse 12, therefore, and that's really important. That's really important. Because of Sarah's faith, therefore, Abraham, from one man, from one man as good as that, came offspring as numerous as the stars of the sky and as numerable as the grains of sand along the seashore. From that woman's, one woman's faith. You may not be mighty. You may not be great. You may not be a, you know, a celebrity preacher. Whoever, whoever. It wasn't Abraham's faith. It didn't say therefore because of Abraham's faith. Therefore because of Sarah's faith. The nation of Israel was birthed. And then through him... As numerable as the stars in the sky, or as the, the grains of sand on the beach. Think of the answer to her prayer. It wasn't just that she got one child, the child whom they called laughter. But rather that through them and by them, a whole nation was born. Don't despise the day of little things. Don't despise your little prayer or your impossibility prayer. Don't think that that, that that which God has called you to and does through you is meaningless and of no consequence. This is a woman who lives in a tent. You and I would think a caravan. They were like gypsies. You know, I don't know if you know Irish gypsies. They live in caravans. They're nice caravans, but they're caravans. This is a woman who lived in a caravan all her life. had no fame or fortune or those kind of things, and yet by her and through her, God gave birth to a nation. Our faith is a powerful faith. That which happens through us and by us is powerful enough to change nations and to transform the face of the earth. It was by her and through her that Christ was born. By her faith, God was able to bring in the system, the Israeli system, that brought forth the Messiah. This little old lady's faith, again, mustard seed faith, our faith, not great puffed up, look at me faith, not Shazam. It's DC, not Marvel. Always remember that. That's important. A bit quiet and invisible, despised. Forgotten, rejected, foolish in the face of this world. A 
A life lived by faith is a powerful life. A life that imparts blessing to this world. A life that brings change to this world. And that's the faith that you and I have been given. Our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ enables us to make a difference in this world. It enables us to experience the reality and the fullness of God in this world. Not in some sort of Hollywood blockbuster made-up invention, but in the quietness and in the, the reality of it, the stillness of it. It may take time, and that's another quality of, of what true and real faith looks like. It perseveres, it continues, even in the face of natural impossibility. How will we ever get people to come to Finland and speak at our conference for free? <laughs> we will pray. God will answer. God will. We've never paid for a, a preacher. We've never, we've never. All of these great speakers who come to our conference, who the other people have to char- get charged 3,000, 5,000 euros or dollars, whatever else, just for, for them turning up. We've never done that. Why? Because God made a way. God opened up a door. God provided he answered our prayers. You know? We were told it was impossible. We said, hold, hold my beer. God can make a way where there is no way. Beloved, don't look with natural eyes upon yourselves. If God has promised you, and there's a book of promises here. Again, it's not pie in your sky when you die. It's not just going to heaven and living your best life there. It's living in the reality of the presence of God here and now. It's the power to keep your way pure and clean. Apart from the filth of this world. To avoid the circumstances and the negative influence and effects of this world. You know the world in which we live. It says yes, go out and live a wild life. You know, sleep with as many women as you can, drink as much beer or or alcohol as you can, be free. And also for young women to do the same. But there are consequences to that. Unwanted pregnancies in Ireland. I think of in Ireland, unwanted pregnancies. Think of alcoholism. Think of drug addiction, hopelessness, hurt. Hurt hearts, wrecked family lives, fathers against children, children against their parents. The negative actions to a free lifestyle are so much. And it's only through the Word of God, it's only through this prayerful, this powerful life can we avoid those kind of consequences. It keeps our lives pure, keeps us whole. The quality of faith that has been given to us, that we look to, that we understand the faith in Christ, it gives us the ability to persevere. For we know that he who is powerful, he who died for us, he who gave his life for us, he who caused us to believe in him, will continue to keep us. Now we as Christians, especially as we who are reforming Christians, we can become very lazy because we, we know that Christ has done it all for us. And therefore, we don't have to strive or strain. We know that God will call all of his sheep to him. And therefore, we can become very kind of lazy in our prayer lives. 
We can become very statue-like, I want to say stationary, but statue-like, where we have the outward appearance of everything is great and grand, but inwardly we're just like rock. There's nothing inside. There's no livingness. Sarah, I cannot believe this woman prayed one prayer at the beginning of her life and then said, well, I'm still waiting on that prayer. You know, I prayed, I prayed 25 years ago. I think there was a livingness to her. Every time she got up in the morning, she's walking through the campsite and she sees one of her slave girls with, with, with a baby. She sees one of her neighbors pushing a pram. And it hurts her heart. Lord, oh God, answer my prayer. Where is my baby? Lord, did you not say? Did you not promise? Lord, where is my share in this? I long for it. And I can imagine for the 25 years of her waiting day and daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, into the decades, into the double decades. I don't know what 20 years ago. What's 20 years called? A score of years. I don't know. She's waiting one until the quarter of a century. She's waiting upon the Lord. Even though physically the time has, has gone by. She's missed the boat, as we would say. She's missed the train. The opportunity has gone by, and yet she's crying in her heart. The, the hope is still alive. Beloved, let us persevere. Let us not grow weary. Let us not grow tired. Let us seek the Lord while he can be found. We who have children, let us not grow weary in the praying for our kids, our family members, for the future, for the life that we, we would desire for ourselves, whether it's a job whether it's an education, whether it's a family, whatever our, 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 our want, our desire, that thing that lives inside us that we hunger and thirst, thirst for, that God has promised. God said in his word, he said it to Israel, but I think we can share in that promise well. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to give you hope and a future. God desires that every one of us would have a hope and a future, not just in glory, not just when you die, you'll get to heaven and then you'll enjoy all the blessings. But here in this time, in this life, hold fast and do not give up and do not give in. Seek the Lord. Cry out. This woman gave birth to a nation. I think that's awesome. You know, I have those Irish epic Aspirations. May my name live on forever. I have, I have aunts in Ireland who, you know, the, my, my, my fosters, you know, my, my father's sisters. And they, they all have, they, because they took on their husband's names, they all lost their names. So they, but they're very family-minded. They, they think of themselves still as McCartans, even though they have other names now. And they themselves didn't have sons. They all, all had daughters. So... And even if they, so the McCartan name kind of died out in my daddy's line. And then there's us. <laughs> and they're all like, they're so super proud. So, our name will live on forever. You know, the McCartan family in Ireland, they used to be an important family in the north. They used to be a kingly family. 
And then around the, the uh, 1600s, they dispersed, the dispersia happened, and it became McCartney and, and all these other names. But the McCartney name from which all the other families, they kind of died out. And so, you know, I have always jokingly said, I have the aspiration of making our family, make the McCartney's great again, you know? Me and Trump. Make the McCartney's great again. And, uh, and the Lord gave me my, my uh, how many boys do I have? Six? Yes. My six kids. And uh, I, I did a practical joke on my sister this week. I phoned my sister and said, Jenny, I have something to tell you. And she's like, what? Sarah's pregnant again. My sister was like, what? <laughs> she's like, And I was like, no, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. She's like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's just messing with her. But this little old lady had the joy of knowing that God was going to make a nation. What a promise. What a promise to receive from God that your, your descendants would be as vast as the stars in the sky. Now here in Finland we can look up into the night sky and see all the stars. Could you imagine that little lady walking, the, walking with her pram or whatever they had? I don't know. They, maybe they had that, like, one of those things that they wrap around themselves. But if she's walking the streets with her pram and she's looking up into the night sky there in Israel or what becomes Israel today and, and she sees all the stars and she thinks, one day my descendants will be as, as this. Or she's walking along the beach, the Mediterranean, having a wee holiday or whatever they did, I don't know. But I imagine everybody needs a holiday to the seaside sometime. And there they are, and you can see little Isaac making a sand castle or whatever they did, a sand tent, I don't know what they did. And they're making those kind of things, and the sea's... And Sarah looks up the beach, and she sees this big long beach, and she thinks to herself, as numerous, as innumerable as the sand, so my descendants will be. And she looks at this wee boy in front of her. And she sees the fulfillment of that promise. Beloved, let us not look with eyes that are blinded to the reality of the power of God in our faith. Yes, your faith might be little. Yes, you might be insignificant. Yes, you might not be of any importance. But in the plan and the purpose of God, you have importance. You have a place. You are somebody in God's plan. Take courage and comfort and encouragement from this woman. Who, despite her flirting with unbelief, despite her roller coaster ride of, of experience though she failed in some points and uh, made mistakes yet she received the promise she received that which God had promised to give not because of her faith not because you know like she generated it made it happen but she was clinging Lord, you are who you are, and you said you would do this, and I know you will do this. Do this, Lord. And because of that tiny, tiny mustard seed size of faith, the Bible says, therefore, Abraham received that which was promised. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? It also talks about the uh, importance, importance of faithful wives in the lives of husbands. I could do a whole series on that here now. The importance... We all know the saying that man might be the head of the household, the woman's the neck. 
My house is the neck, the shoulders and the back. You know? Beloved, it's by faith and this faith looks this way. It perseveres. It is powerful. It brings about real change in this world. Your faith is a persevering faith. Your faith is a powerful faith. Your faith brings about changes in this world. Don't be influenced. Don't be affected. Don't be propagandized. I know that's a word, but we can say it is. Propagandized. By the false news. For some reason, YouTube is giving me these advertisements about how to, how to, how to discern fake news. Maybe it's because I watch conservative media on YouTube. And so all of a sudden they're saying, you know, do you want to know how to, how to distinguish from fake news and real news? I'm like, no, I'm probably happy in my, my little bubble of conservatism. Don't be influenced or infected by the fake news of the world that would call you to unbelief, that would call you to cowardness, that would call you to, to somehow, in some way, make God's promises come true yourself. God is able to make his promises come true without your help, without my help. They will come and they will happen and you will stand back and you will say, how did this come into being? Isn't God amazing? I didn't do anything. Do you remember they asked uh, Martin Luther how he made the, uh, how, they said to him, how did you make the Reformation happen? And he says, I didn't do anything. I just sat here, drank beer and talked with my friends and God did the rest. Daniel would love that, wouldn't he? <sighs> Beloved, this life of faith, let's look on to Jesus. Let us trust that he is able to do that which he has said he will be able to do in our lives, in the lives of the church, and in this world that he is returning one day. Let us live in the reality of our faith today, in that we have been reconciled to God, that you and I have access to God today, and that our faith isn't just a make-believe, cross your fingers, close your, hold your thumb, wishful thinking, but that it has real-world influence. That influence may not come in the way that you want it to come, may not come at the time you want it to come, but it will come. As surely as night follows day, God will faithfully keep his promises. Beloved, look unto Jesus. Look on to Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your great promises. We want to thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy to us. We want to thank you for all the yes and amen that is in Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray that you would help us. We recognize that we are small, ignorant children, Lord, who do not know very much. We ask, oh God, that we might increase in our experience with you. The Lord, that you might... Help us to learn your word, that we would meditate upon it, and that it would be living and real within us. We thank you for the example of this wee woman. Father, for all of her frailty, for all of her, her elderliness, Lord, for all of her failure, for all of her ups and downs, for all of her scoffing laughter, yet she held, Lord, to the promise. She held that you are faithful, and that you were able to do that which you had promised. And Lord, you brought it about. You made real change in this world. We are grateful for this true and real example. 
Now, Lord God, we pray that you might help us to see ourselves, to see each other, to know, Lord God, that you are active in our lives, that we would not give up nor give in because of the propaganda of the world, because of the lies of the world, because of the propaganda and the lies of our own sinful, deceitful hearts. Oh God, may our eyes always be taken from ourselves and laid up firmly fixed upon yourself. For you are faithful. Lord, we pray these things for your glory and your glory alone in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen.